Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us on Food for Thought. My name is Sunil Chandy, Father Chandy from Christ's Episcopal Church. And this is a ministry out of uh, Christ's Episcopal Church called Food for Thought, uh, a ministry in which we connect with one another, help each other through the challenges of life. And for a half hour, we pray with each other. We connect and we listen to wisdom from people who are from all around the U.S. and, and, and sometimes outside of the U.S. Uh, and in our own community. And so uh, we thank you for being with us and for joining us at this program. If you are here, tell us that you're here. Tell us that you're connecting, that this is a valuable program for you. Uh, all of this is, is really important for us. And if there's anything we need to improve, I hope that you'll also tell that as well. Tell us what, we, what you'd like to see more of here and anything to help you uh, connect to God and to connect your to your neighbor and also connect to the deep self of uh, to to the to yourself uh, to connect deeply to the to the love of God in you and so uh, thank you again for being here and so uh, I do want to say that um, that uh, you know usually I take a I have we have a wonderful guest coming up in about six minutes she'll be with us um, but usually this time we'll we come up with a thought uh, that might be able to help us through this week and of course invariably all of these thoughts are are uh, come from God right they are come from scripture and they come from our engagement in faith and today um, you know I thought we'd look at the colic for this coming Sunday. Uh, it's uh, the second Sunday in Lent. And so as many of you know, uh, who, any, many of you who are part of the liturgical, um, a liturgical church like the Episcopal Church or the Anglican Church or even the Lutheran Church, um, you know, we have seasons of the year. And this is the season, we've just entered into the season of Lent. And Lent is a time in which we... Uh, it's a penitential season. It's a, a, a season of prayer and fasting and self-denial. And it's a season that helps us uh, to understand that we're walking through the wilderness of life. You know, we're all, and, and in that wilderness, you know, um, we, we learn to depend on God. We learn to find our sustenance from God. And and uh, and so this is it's about six weeks and it moves into Holy Week. And then from Holy Week, we move into the Easter season. And uh, and all of the readings around this season is penitential in nature. It helps us to understand that uh, that that we're in a, we're on a journey, you know, um, you know, usually the journey is envisioned in as Jesus approaches it moves towards Jerusalem. He's journeying with his disciples and he, he visits various folks throughout his journey towards Jerusalem. Um, then there's also the parallel journey uh, with uh, the children of Israel as they're journeying into the promised land, but they're coming out of bondage in Egypt. And there's a there's a period in which they are they, they've been walking in the in the wilderness. And, and this period of walking is about 40 years as well. And so this, this idea about wilderness and journeying through it is very important for us. And incidentally, this is exactly what we do in life. Life is not always uh, pleasant. It's not always easy. It's not always uh, paradise on earth. But rather, uh, it's, 
it's a it's a, a life is usually filled. The human condition usually helps us understand that that life is filled with challenges and frustrations and and people and 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 people are broken and we're broken and we're trying to figure out what to do and we we journey through this wilderness and it is in the midst of this wilderness that God comes and and is present. We acknowledge God's presence in the brokenness of of our experience, in in the brokenness and the dangers of the wilderness, in in our relationships that are uh, filled with you know relationships with people who are broken in some ways, and we're broken, and somehow God is there. God is there in the midst of it all. So the the collect for this coming Sunday is, Oh God, whose glory it is always. It is always to have mercy. Be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer. It sets us, sets us in the motion or sets our uh, emotions and our body and our spirit ready uh, to hear God's word as we face the different challenges. I mean, I love um, the the idea that that you know the church the church is for um, for everyone. It's not for people who are perfect, right? You know, uh, we we think that everyone in the church is uh, is kind of saint like, but in actuality, the church is called to be like a hospital. For people who are trying to find uh, healing and hope, and and you know, it's it, and people come here, and we all come here with this desire for something deeper and a healing that bombs that that becomes a bomb for our soul. Um, and so there are so in in the church, especially there are people who have made mistakes. They've made mistakes in the past. We we've all make mistakes. And the church is the place in which everyone gets a second chance. And not only a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, you know, as many chances as we need, as we continue to find God's grace, and as we continue to repair the, bro uh, the brokenness through God's Holy Spirit. You know, uh, and so we, so the, the key about, about, uh, you know, for those people who have gone astray, is that they know that they've gone astray. It's not as if they have this pride and they hold it and they say, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm like perfect. I've got it all figured out. No. Uh, people in the church are here for a reason. They come because they know they, can, they make mistakes and they have made mistakes. And yet they're looking for some kind of healing. And so there's a humility there. There's an openness. It's it's in the brokenness. We're able. We're only able to have to receive that in the brokenness, and then to find healing. And so we come. And in this season of uh, of Lent, you know, start off Lent with this confession almost every week. I mean, we do it anyway. But I mean, at, in our church, we do it at the at the very beginning of our service. It's a penitential order, and we come before God and we say, please. God, we confess that we can't do it alone. We need you and we need each other. And reform us, help us, help us as we 
repent and, and turn towards you. Repentance, by the way, is not, not something that is causes us to be just judged. You know, repentance is, it's got a, it's got, it's been used many times in many places and it almost, it is, it, it's been associated with judgment about us, right? But repentance really from the, uh, the Greek meaning of the word is, is a, is a turning around. It's an orientation. It's, uh, the word is metanoia. It's orienting our life to God. And in in the midst of that orientation, we realize that even if we made mistakes, God loves us. Even before we do anything, God loves us. And that orientation helps us to then try to do better, to to live life better, uh, to choose better for ourselves and the people around us, and to choose so that God may find... uh, that we may find joy in God and in each other and love and hope. You know, today's guest is uh, a person that uh, has has this type of experience. I think I, she is a life coach. Her name is um, is uh, Gina Marie uh, Locum and Locum, and she is uh, she is a person who uh, engages in coaching for uh, for people who need transformation. Because I, I think her, uh, and I, I met her briefly, but she's just a wonderful lady, and she has a heart for people and for God. Um, her bio reads like this. Gina is passionate about helping female entrepreneurs, business professionals, and leaders infuse God into every day, into their everyday personal and professional lives so that they can become the person he designed them to be. She firmly believes business and faith do not have to be separate and business does not have to be boring. And she specializes in strength-based leadership and team building, creating cultures of joy through neuroscience practices, leadership and communication training and creative coaching methodologies that propel her clients past what they originally thought was possible. She, Gina, is a, is a woman who works in the business of transformation, helping people to to transform their lives, and and some of them, you know, probably made mistakes, and to reorient it towards hope and and the future. So, Dave, please bring Gina on board. Hi, Gina. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. I, I'm so glad to 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 meet you on the show here. This is a food for thought, and of course, this is. We we try to find insight for us to deal with the challenges of our day, and uh, and so I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here and excited to share my story with all of you. Sure, and you're you're actually we're we're uh, you're uh, calling in from Minnesota, right? A little bit above uh, where the uh, so north of Saint Paul. Paul. North of Saint Paul, excellent. And is it cold up there now? It's always cold. <laughs> Born and raised Minnesotan, and I still, my husband hates it when I say burr because I'm cold all the time. <laughs> he loves it. He loves the cold. Oh my God. And so you've lived in Minnesota all of your life? Yeah, I did have a short stint um, when I was trying to find myself. Um, and that's part of my God story that where I moved to Hawaii for three and a half months. Wow. <laughs> for th- three and a half months? 
yeah, the Holy Spirit was like, I just calling me back and I didn't know why. And it was like two weeks later, I met my husband. So oh, wow. <laughs> here yeah. in, in, there in Minnesota, I mean, right up here in Minnesota. When I got back, I got reconnected into the church and found a small group and he was leading the small group. And Oh God. Yeah. Oh, oh he must be an amazing person. <laughs> he is. He's, he's got a heart for God. Like no other. It's amazing. He makes me better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, tell us your story. Tell us how you uh, became a life coach and why you're doing this. Yeah, um, I'll go a little bit back um, and kind of fast forward. So I was in, I was baptized Lutheran growing up as a child. Uh, we went to church until I was about five years old and then we moved and never went back to church. And I think that was because my mom was a farm, raised on a farm. So, she, you know, 24 seven, seven days a week, she was always working and working super hard. So she never wanted to force us kids, my brother and I into anything. She wanted us to kind of find our own path and our own journey. Um, kind of like you were saying about journeying through the wilderness. I felt like I was lost in the wilderness a majority of my life. Um, so I went to church, you know, off and on trying to find like that greater purpose, always trying to fill that hole with material things, with boys, with drinking in my younger years, and just nothing ever filled that void for me. Uh, constantly, uh, well, I was, I've been anxious and depressed my whole life. I've been battling that. Um, and so constantly as a as a young child and in my earlier teens really wrestling with that who i was and what i was put on this earth to do and did i have a purpose and i always prayed to a god but i didn't know what god i was really praying to at the time and so i went into school to be a veterinary technician so i'm a certified vet tech i did that for about 12 years and then i got my dream job which i was working for a super large organization and I was a field rep training different veterinary clinics how to use practice management software. So mm. basically going from paper to paperless, which is a really hard shift, especially for some of the older generation vets where their newer staff is trying to get them on board to the uh, all the technology and paperless. So that's where I really learned that I love training and I loved helping other people see their value because I knew coming in that they weren't going to like me. <laughs> I was the one that was bringing the change. I was the one that was um, training and kind of forcing this on them, even though I wasn't. I was just there to help them. So through that experience, I just loved on them. And this was before I became a Christian, just loved on them and spoke life into them. And by the end of it, they were running out the door telling me, you can't leave. I, I need you to be here. And that just sparked this huge need in society and our communities and our businesses that people just need to be valued, loved, seen, and heard. And I think that's kind of what God used to bring me to him, you know, um, and bring me to coaching was I got laid off from that job, kind of last to hire, first to fire. People had tenure over me. And so that led me to start my own pet care business because I had the network for it. And then I got really depressed and anxious because I wasn't around people anymore. And I realized how much I needed community and needed others to feel that sense of belonging 
Mm. And at that time, I didn't have Christ. Um, I, I didn't know that I had God. So he um, led me to church. A friend asked me about six times, and I finally was like, all right, it can't be any worse than I feel right now. And I walked in, and I just felt, it just felt different. I walked into the worship auditorium and sat down. The music started playing, and I started bawling. I was crying. I had no idea what came over me. And then it hit me. Is it felt like God came down from heaven and gave me the biggest hug and was like, you're finally here, my child. This is what I was waiting for your whole life and what my hope was for you. And in that moment, I felt 100% whole. Um, and it, it still gives me goosebumps to think about it and talk about it because it was just the most amazing Holy Spirit moment for me. And so through that, um, my friend sent me some coaching links to some schools and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this pet care business anymore. Let's try out this coaching. And I completely fell in love with it and came into a deeper connection and relationship with Christ through, co through my coaching um, experience. Oh, I love that. I love the story. I, I love, especially, uh, uh, there's some wonderful insights in there. I mean, even the story of, I, I love the idea of, I, I loved on them, <laughs> you know, uh, I speak them to life. I spoke them to life, right. Um, loved on them. And, you know, this idea, you know, it, it's interesting because you know, we just, we're in the season of Lent, right? And the wilderness. And and uh, the first thing that Jesus does before going into the wilderness, and he's pushed in there by the by by the Holy Spirit, he he's baptized. And the first thing that that voice says is, uh, this is my son. You are my son. I am well pleased in you. And, and you know, the other day I was just thinking that, uh, the baptism that he had was a baptism that he identifies with us. It's not because he needed it, because he needed to be connected to us who needed it. And so it's this idea that when we identify with Jesus, Jesus identifies with us. We acknowledge that God loves us. We're beloved of God even before we do anything. And so the very fact that you've you you've you've grafted on that. I mean, it, that's, that's powerful. It's beautiful. Thank you. It just saying that, like, I already have, like, I have goosebumps just because it's such a powerful thing when you can experience a relationship with him. Because I think my whole childhood and a lot of um, Christians believe that you cannot have a close relationship or connection with God. And that's, that's a lie. <laughs> I mean, my experience and um, my, you know, answered prayers and things can completely, my testimony can say completely otherwise. And I think that's where I would encourage Christians, no matter where they're at, to share their testimony because people cannot argue with you about your testimony. Right. And it, it's not it's not offensive. It's not trying to bring people into the fold, right? You're just sharing your witness to Christ in your life. And I think that's where a lot of Christians get it backwards is we need to be sharing our testimony and our relationship that we have with him. Well, you know, and here's the good thing about even sharing those feelings that you had. I mean, I love the way you described when you felt as if God came down and just hugged you, right? I mean, you felt that. That was palpable. It's something like you feel. So when you, when a person hugs you, you feel safe. 
you feel uh, acknowledged, you feel like as if you were seen and heard. And so here in that moment, when you came into that church, that church that you felt God hug you, God, this is where you were seen. And then all of you, every part of you, I mean, the part of you that even, um, you know, you know, feels feels broke. It's all okay. It's like it's all okay. And um, and and I love the way you say that, because when you share that, even when you're sharing that story, what happens is you relive that story. You 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 understand you go to that place where you had that feeling and then you. You recognize it. It's the remembering. In the remembering, we, you know, I love one priest once told me, remember is to connect the experiences. Remember to connect again, to connect to that experience of, of God. And so, and then you share it. And then other people can connect to it. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm connecting to it. <laughs> yeah, even if they don't have the same belief systems as you. I mean, if you're loving people, and do you know doing it well and seeing them as God sees them as his beloved children, yeah. you approach the conversation differently than you would if you're trying to fix things and trying to trying to be God, right? We we're called to plant the seeds and God is the one that waters them. Yeah. And here's the thing I, I also think, and I want to go into this a little bit because you know, like um a life, you know, a life is filled with you know mistakes and successes, right? And, and, and you could, and what we think is that all the successes tells you to somehow say something about you and it's, and, and they, they, they teach you something about you and tell the world that you're a good person and that you, you're a smart person and that God has somehow blessed you. But I also think that the, the mistakes we make uh, helps and help us to learn something about who we are. And, and, and so my sense is that when you are coaching people, they, you're coaching people to help them. You, you probably, my sense, I, I would imagine that you, you meet them where they are. And even when they have made some mistakes in the past and, and gone through different pathways, you still look at those pathways and say, you know, what did God teach you in the midst of it? Um, so tell me, how about, I mean, like, especially with women, I mean, you you work closely with business uh, of female entrepreneurs, and that's challenging uh, to, to make a way as a female entrepreneur. How do you, how do you engage them in coaching? Well, I was trying to figure that out for a while because I got my original certification is in non-directive coaching. Um, so it's a lot of people think of coaching as consulting you pay me to tell you what to do. But what I say is, you know, God knows you best, you know you best, and I only know this much of your story. So it's really unfair for me to come in and say, this is how I think you need to move or go or do, right? So you're putting the power back in their hands and their own ability to connect with the, with the Holy Spirit. Um, and who's to say, like, if I try to, like, you think of a butterfly, and I know this analogy has been used a lot, but I think it's very powerful, is if you were to help a butterfly come out of its cocoon, because you felt bad for it, and you're like peeling away the layers, it would actually kill the butterfly, it would die, because it needs that little bit of struggle 
to become its best, right? And to pump that blood and everything through its wings and to become the beautiful creation that God designed. And that's the same with us. Nobody would be able to relate to me if I was a complete success. I never failed. I never spoke of my failures or my mistakes. And so coaching is inviting people into that space like, yeah, here's where I'm at. This is what I did. This is what I've done. Now, how can I move forward from here? What is that next step God's calling me to? What is that next um, thing in my life in this season, right? We got to think of those seasons that we're in. Are we in a season of waiting? Are we in a season of being in the desert or the wilderness, as you spoke about earlier? Um, and as a coach, I come alongside you and kind of hold your hand and help you with powerful questioning and and, um, you know, meditating on the word or meditating on uh, or visualizing things so that you can move with God at his pace and run your business at the pace of grace. Um, I just I'm trying to do that better. I'm definitely not perfect at it, but it's it's just really walking alongside my clients um, in a very non-judgmental, loving space so that they can figure out what they need to do and what God's calling them to. I love that. And so it, you're walking with them and that, and then you're listening to them and that takes great humility. You know, I mean, you're sharing your story and you're saying, oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I have this wonderful bulletin by you about uh, this, uh, this leaflet. And I, I love the quote that you, you have and and I want and a, a question popped right into my mind. The quote that you you uh, that you uh, remember is Jeremiah chapter twenty nine verse eleven, where he says, uh, "God has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future." And and I love that because the prophet is speaking to uh, to, to to all the people who are in exile in uh, out of out of Judah, right? They by this time the whole nation is destroyed. The the brightest and best are taken into Babylon, and the prophet is speaking to them. and And the and the thing is, they're they've lost loved ones. They've traveled and journeyed far. They've lost all their possessions. They're kind of like in this really depressed state. And and there are some prophets who are saying, "Look, you know." Let's fight the Babylonians. God wants you to fight the Babylonians. And then Jeremiah is, is says a countercultural thing. He says to them, he says, okay, God has a plan for you. You're going to remain in, in Babylon for 70 years. And I want you to just use the environment to learn, to grow, to connect, to find your prosperity, growing in the relationship with, with God. So, there is this humility about Jeremiah, which I think I see in you. And I also see this truth telling in Jeremiah that I see in you. It's not about giving people a disillusioned idea of what they can do, but rather truthfully thinking about who they are and what their context is and how God is working in the midst of that context. Yeah, exactly. I, I think people want to rush through the pain or the struggle or the challenges when God's asking us to meet him there, meet him in the midst of the struggle and the pain, because he's 
He's trying to teach you and grow you and grow your character to be able to handle that next thing. If I were to be at my place in business right when I started my business, I would have completely failed. I, I, if I would have got what I wanted when I started my business, I would have completely failed. And because I chose to build my business on God first and grow more organically and slower, he's building my character and building my skills and building the, the things that he's designed me for with more intentionality than me trying to rush through and get everything I want right now. Um, so he's asking us to meet him where we're at. Right. And, yeah. and I love, and, and so meeting where God uh, meet, meeting us where God is at and where we are at means also to acknowledge the truth of the moment. You know, I mean, and I'm sure with your, um, with, I, and I love the, uh, you know, your strength-based leadership, team building, creating. So when you, when you're talking to these clients of yours or potentially, you're looking at where their strengths are, the truth, you know, uh, you know, you, you're looking at where the weakness are, the truth. And you're saying to them, well, here are, here are the things that I see. And I'm just going to be honest with you. And here are the things that you probably have to work on. Here are things that, you know, these are some of your gifts that are powerful, you know, and, and all the way, know, knowing that, that God has planned for them. Right. Yeah. The, um, what I found in working, especially with women entrepreneurs and leaders is they lack this confidence and clarity in who God designed them to be. They don't have the language to say, this is who I am. This is who God designed me to be. This is my purpose that God has. So the strengths coaching really helps give them that language to know where they're supposed to be within the body of Christ. Instead of trying to be everything to everybody, like a lot of women do, because we do play a lot of different roles and wear a lot of hats and that can be overwhelming and stressful. And we tend to be nurturers. We want to care for people and give of ourselves, but we do it at the cost of our own, you know, self-care and time with God. And those are super important things so that our, we can fill our cups up enough that it is overflowing, that we can do all of these things. But we also have to realize that we're not God and we're not meant to do everything. And we actually rob other people of the opportunity to serve or to grow in how God wants them to, because we're trying to take everything and claim it as our own. And when you can focus on those giftings that God gave you and that he's calling you to use and to nurture and grow, you become more joy filled. You become more connected to the creator who created you. And you actually live from this place of, of light and your salt. And everybody wants to know, like, what is it in you? What makes you so different? that like, I want to be that. And that's what, like how we call people, you know, um, to the shepherd is through being that salt and that light out on the earth. And the only way we can do that is if we're living from that place of joy. Yeah. Amen. Love it. <laughs> so Gina, I, I, uh, this is, I see so much light and hope in you. And I know that you are, um, you are, uh, you know, shining that light boldly in in Minnesota, which is cold at this moment. <laughs> and by the way, Rhode Island's very cold. My <laughs> it's not Hawaii, that's for sure. 
but but that light comes out uh, to the world, and and I know that God has a plan and a purpose for you, and I could I could I could just see that that purpose is being fulfilled, and I, I and I'll continue to hold you my prayers, and 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 will bless you, and I I hope that you will say the same for us here and and this ministry here. The so we're about almost done with our time, and I just enjoyed this conversation. But is there any parting insights, especially as we all come out of a somewhat of a wilderness experience in this post-pandemic period? I mean, we're we're starting to. There, COVID is still a reality, right? We know mm-hmm. that, but there there are glimmers of hope of coming out of it in, in a way, and because uh, as more people are being vaccinated as more people are being tested and so forth. Is there any advice that you would, that, uh, that you would give us that, uh, you know, that would stay with us? I mean, some of these lessons and insights we've gotten through COVID can be used and translate to the next challenge, whatever that may be, you know, there, but there will be a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So let us know, tell us what, what, insight is most powerful for you, especially during, during these last two years? Oh, goodness. I think the first thing that pops into my head is staying connected in community, especially finding your people like small group, people that can speak life and wisdom into you that you trust. Because when we, I mean, that's, that's what Satan wants. He wants us to feel isolated and alone and disconnected because that's when our mind starts spinning and we start spiraling. So to have somebody, at least one person that you can find that can speak life and truth into you is my best advice. I, when I found that it was a, it was a game changer, especially during COVID somebody I could just call or do a zoom call with. Um, that I trusted and that could, you know, breathe that life back into me in a very challenging time because I am very people oriented and I love being in groups. Um, so it was it was difficult and I know it was difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I love that. It's just fine. And the and the reality is the truth is there are people like that. There are people. God puts people out on the earth to proclaim that light and hope and 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 so. You know, all we have to do is just desire to to seek it, and uh, and we will. We will. Well, Adina, I, I, I want to thank you again for being with us, and hopefully, I'll come back uh, to. I visited Minneapolis and Minnesota uh, about six months ago, and it was uh, and I loved Minnesota. It was just beautiful. Uh, we we had a, a wonderful interaction with Bishop Craig Loya. And uh, Bishop Craig was an amazing guy, and and uh, and one of the uh, recent posts that he had on Facebook, he was he had all of his folks uh, in the diocese or his clergy starting to do uh, ice fishing, and so <laughs> I'm thinking I've never we don't have ice fishing in uh, at least I don't know in Rhode Island. I've been here for seven years, and uh, and mostly before that in in uh new jersey and then in india so ice fishing is kind of different for me uh one day that i'm hoping that one day i'll get out to minnesota to to do some ice fishing yeah let us know if you're here and we'll we'll take you out ice fishing all right well thank you and god bless you and god bless your husband and and the ministry that you have and all the people that you connect with thank you same to you thanks for this opportunity
All right. Folks, uh, a wonderful uh, wise lady, Gina uh, Loken, and um, we'll follow uh, her and uh, and maybe Dave can put uh, in our um, in our programming somewhere uh, a link uh, to to uh, to find her uh, and touch base with her if we if we if we hope to uh, find some new knowledge and so forth. Um, anyway, uh, our time is ending now, so let's end with a prayer. Uh, the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the blessings you've given us. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us this season of Lent in which we find the metaphor of the wilderness, a wilderness that we can connect to because we understand what it is to be in a wilderness, a place of danger and worry and frustration. Yet it is in the wilderness that you are also present, that you lead us. You lead us by uh, a cloud during the day and fire by the night, but you lead us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will lead us through this wilderness. And as we come to the other side of this wilderness, wherever that, whatever that other side may be, and for us it's the global pandemic, that you will continue to help us learn the lessons of the traver, traveling. And so that we might use these same lessons to help us through the next challenging time in our lives. We pray that you'll bless us and keep us and watch over each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join with me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Spread the light of Christ to the world around you. The world needs it right now. And here is the, um, the website for Gina Marie Coaching. And so you connect with her light as well. God bless you. Bye. Thanks for watching. Did you know that you can join Christ Church from anywhere in the world? If you're feeling connected to what we're doing, email us today at communicate at Christchurchwesterly.org.